Well, I am excited for this message because uh, God works in mysterious ways. Um, this message had been stirring my heart for a while, and I was uh, preparing to preach this message in November, and it just did not seem to fit right, and so I scrapped it, and then Pastor Phil was feeling a little under the weather uh, this week. I kind of looked at this message again, and, you know, we're getting ready to start small groups, and this message that had been on my heart for a while was all about relationships and the importance of uh, doing life together, the people you have in your corner, friendships, family, people that are pointing to Christ. And so uh, with that being said, today's message is uh, titled, Check Your Circle. So look at look at the person next to you and say, hey, check your circle. <laughs> Today uh, we're reading from Mark 2, verses 1 through 12. If you read with me, it says this. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by the four of them. Since they could not get to him, to Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered, it, lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew, his, knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say this paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, Get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone. They praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. I love this story. And most of the time, um, I'm just amazed by the four friends that uh, picked up this guy and carried him to Jesus. Amazed by their hearts. I mean, these are the kind of people you want around you. These are the kind of people that, you know, you're want, you want your daughter to date, Right? These are great people, and I'm just amazed by what they did, but this time something different stuck out to me while reading this. This time I started a question, who is this person? Who is this paralyzed man? Because we don't know a lot about him. Think about it. We don't know his name. We don't know his background. And get this, we don't even know if he's a believer. Because Jesus looks at the four friends and he says, because of your faith. But we don't know if, if this guy's a believer. So what do we know about him? We know that he had some wisdom because he surrounded himself in a circle. He surrounded himself with these people. And that's where I want to go this morning. Because the honest truth is, is that we need relationships. We need small groups. 
And now this word small groups, it's often this kind of narrow view. Um, it's not a wrong view, but it's narrow of this uh, Bible study in church, this church class. But I want to kind of uh, challenge you this morning to broaden your view of what small groups is. Small groups, the definition I love is just a group of people who are intentional about doing life together for the purpose of God's mission. That's what small groups is all about. We need to do life together. See, oftentimes when the moment you think, when, you, when you're the sheep that wanders off to get that one piece of grass, you leave the herd, that's when the enemy attacks. We need relationships. So today I want to kind of do a deep dive in the Bible of what the Bible says, because the Bible says a lot about who we should surround ourselves with. If you look, it's all over the place, especially in Proverbs. So the first passage we're going to look at today comes from Proverbs 18, 24, and it says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Our translation today would be, One who has fake friends is going to get burnt, right? If you mess with fire, you get burnt. And today, so many of us, because of that reason, because of people that have hurt us in the past, we've, we've learned to, to fake it. We, we're, we've become experts, um, excuse my lack of wording, but we've become experts of putting on a mask. Not the mask that we're used to now, but the mask that hires who we truly are. The mask that hides who, the state of our soul. And so today, we need authenticity. Because we're, statistics are starting to come out of like post-pandemic. And get this, people under the age of 30, society, a society that's under 30, one in four this year, in the past year, have considered suicide. One in four, 25%. And then the rest of society above 30, 1 in 10, 10%. That just shows you the state of our souls. We're empty. We're hurting. And instead of asking for help, like we should, asking for the people around us that are there to pick us back up, what we do is we tend to treat life like a Christmas tree, right? We just cut it off, we stick it in the corner, and we decorate it. We keep putting things on to make it look pretty. And maybe, maybe we'll find something that will give us a little sliver of happiness. How many of us have tried to, you know, maybe a new car, a new job, a dog, something that will make us feel just a sliver of happiness. Maybe some of you have experienced uh, uh, the Sunday morning routine where, you know, you, you get in the car and you look in the mirror real quick and you, you're like, oh, I... Got my hair still sticking up. I woke up late. You know, you're using your saliva, trying to look put together. Maybe they won't notice. Or uh, the parents in here this morning, you, you got to work out this morning because you got one hair on, on the steering wheel and the other's swatting the kids to sit back down. You're right. Anyone been there? And you're getting ready to pull into church and you're like, there's the greeter. Everyone smile. Okay. We've all been there on Sunday morning at one point. So today, I want to really look at 
what it means to be in real relationships. Because it's okay. Maybe you just need to hear it's okay to be real. It's okay to be real. We need authenticity. I love this. Going back to Matthew 2, the friends are at the point where they said, okay, plan A is not going to work. Go to plan B. In order to get to Jesus, we got to go to plan B. And so they go to the roof, or from the north, I say roof. So they go to the roof, and now it's important to know that first century Palestine houses were built a little differently, and that the context matters here because uh, they used their, their roof a lot. They, they would go up these stairs on the side, most likely stairs because they were, it was built in a rectangle. Um, so on top of their houses, uh, these houses were built out of dirt, on top they would store things. Um, they would store extra things up there. They would put food up there. And oftentimes they would go up there and sleep because it was too hot in their house. And so going on the roof wasn't like bizarre thought. Um, so they go up there and they start digging a hole. Now remember where we're at, Jesus, he's preaching a sermon. So imagine right now, right? Me right here and things start falling from up there. What is going on? And they're digging a hole to get to Jesus. I mean, this is a crazy story. I love what my commentary says. It says this, no doubt things got messy. I love that. Because the honest truth is, if we're doing life with other sinners, life's going to get messy. Life's going to get messy. I wish I could tell you that you're never going to have a bump in your marriage. I wish I could tell you that you'll never have a scare about your finances. You'll never lose a loved one. You'll never have health issues. I wish I could say that, but the truth is that's not how life is. It's going to get messy. But how many of you agree with me? I'd rather have a church. People walk in on Sundays and do life together throughout the week. I'd rather have people come in that are messy than people that act like they have it put together. In our circle, we need authenticity. We need someone who's authentic. The next one is Proverbs 17, verse 17. It says this, A friend who loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Notice how it says all times. In the morning, at night, good days, bad days, all times. The next point is in our circle, we need those who will be there. How many of you know that I'm like a child at heart. I mean, I know I'm young still, but like I'm, I'm not even like, I'm not, I don't even act like a 20-year-old. Like I could get by with watching Saturday morning cartoons every day. I mean, for some reason, Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes keep getting funnier as I get older. But how many also, also know that I'm like secretly an old man? I go home and I put on my record player. I put on my Frank Sinatra. That's right, I have a record player at home. And I watch my old shows from 70s and 80s. Uh, Cheers. Anyone a Cheers fan? Yes. And I'm always fascinated by uh, the show Cheers because it's just this group of people. They're in a bar. They come together. And 
it's the same people, and they get so excited to see each other. Norm! They all yell, Norm, Norm walks in. They're so excited, and they just, they just talk. And this show, it's like nine, ten seasons, and I'm mind-blown because they never leave the bar. Like other shows, they go other places, but the camera's like two or three camera angles. must have been the easiest to film, and they just talk. And yet, for some reason, I'm like hooked. And why is that? Because I think some of us long for those kind of relationships. The, the, the theme song, now, this may be, uh, this may push you some. Cheers is the best theme song of all time. I don't care what your friends, fans have to say. Cheers is the best theme song. And this is what the lyrics say. It says this. It says, making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries should would help a lot. Anyone like, feel that. And then it says, sometimes you just want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. We need people who will be there. I know this is a bar, but... How many of us know that we need more relationships like that in the church? People that are going to show up, people that know our name. We need these circles in our lives. So ask yourself, do you ha- are you set up for that? Because you're not going to be able to anticipate when something's going to go wrong, but you can anticipate who's going to be there when it does. So do you have a 2 a.m. friend? What I mean by that is, do you have someone that's going to be there at 2 a.m.? Who doesn't care that you're calling at 2 a.m. when everything's going haywire? Who doesn't care if they have to drive over at 2 a.m. to come get you? Do you have someone that's going to be there? Are you willing to be a 2 a.m. friend for someone else? I may get in trouble for saying this next part, but Pastor Phil's messages, they'll never be enough. My messages... They're never going to be enough. Because these rows that you're set up in right now, Sunday mornings, they're meant to inspire you, to get you to the next point. But in the circles that you're in is where true life change happens. You need circles. See, think about it. Who who can name our last ten sermons? I can't. I can't. And I'm on staff here. (laughs) But who can name 10 people that have impacted their life? I can. Our next point is uh, from James 15. And this this one just sums up small groups. It says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That's what small groups is all about, not doing it alone. In our circle, we need those who keep us accountable. I remember uh, one time in college, we, me and my friend, we went and saw a movie. And on the way home, we just decided to worship. And, you know, we cranked up the music, awful voices, didn't, no cares in the world. We were just worshiping the whole way home. And... I could tell that uh, God moved in that worship because my friend leans over and he turns down the volume. 
he said, hey, I'm not doing good. I'm struggling right now. Hurting. My old ways are starting to creep back in. My thoughts are becoming dangerous. At that point, he just kind of he kind of cried a little bit, and he, he looked like a lost puppy because I think he was getting ready for me to scold him. Hey, man, I think he's getting ready for me to just be mad that, you know, he kind of is not in a great place, that he hasn't read the Bible in a long time. He just confessed all that. But I could tell he, he had no idea what I was about to say. And it was simple. He said, me too. His eyes kind of lit up. He's like, seriously? Like, yeah, I need help. And still to this day, we call each other up. How are you doing? How can I pray for you? We just need people in our circle. Keep us accountable. Say me too. And point us to the Lord. Keep each other up. See, the honest truth is that I have things in my life that you'll probably never know. You have secrets right now that... I will probably never know. And that's okay. But when it's not okay is when no one ever knows it. Because people can't help you if they don't know. Proverbs 27.6 says, Wounds from a friend can be trusted. But an enemy multiplies kisses. A friend may tell you something that hurts, but if it's out of love, it goes a long ways. How many of you experienced that? Hurts to hear, but down the road, you're like, I'm really glad they stepped in. But an fr- enemy often tells you just what you want to hear. Lies to get what they want. I, I feel better... Um, when I'm preaching, when Cora's here, my fiance, because she'll let me know if I had spilled coffee down my shirt or let me know if my, my fly's not up or I got a little boogie hanging out of my nose. <laughs> she'll let me know. She'll be the first to say, but it's out of love, right? It may not be what you want to hear, but a friend tells you the truth, and they'll let you know if you've stepped away from the truth. A friend will be willing to call you out. A friend will be willing to step in and say, hey, probably shouldn't talk to your spouse like that. Your words aren't matching up with your heart. You've made something else in life other than God an idol. It's not because they want you to feel down, but it's because they know there's a better version of yourself. And so in our circle... We need those who see our potential. Those who see the best version of yourself. Do you have people who are praying for you at night for something better to come? Praying for a breakthrough of what you're going through? Do you have people who are there wanting the very best? Who can see things that you can't, who have your back? can't help but think of the story in Mark 2. These four guys. We have this paralyzed man who has no good legs. 
The world was ready to write him off. The world was ready to put him to the side, say he's broken. Yet these four guys see something so much more. And so they come to him, and now all of a sudden this guy has eight legs. But just think if this guy depended only on one friend. Think of how that would have went. He would have tried to pick him up, tried to drag him a little bit. And at the end of the day, this guy would have just ended up pulling his friend down with him. But when a group comes together, you pick someone up. It's much easier to pick someone up that's down and pull them up to where you're at. Now, don't get me wrong. In this story, Jesus deserves all the glory. Jesus deserves all the praise. I mean, this story is amazing. He healed someone that was paralyzed, and they walked out the front of the door. And the scribes that were there, these uh, teachers, they're like, hold on. What gives you the right? Jesus says, to forgive him? (laughs) I'll do you one better. Get up and walk. From that day, his life was changed forever. And just thinking about the story and the importance. Yeah, he deserves all the glory. But I don't want us to brush by what these guys did to get him there and what he did for himself, setting himself up for a breakthrough by surrounding himself in the circle. Jesus looked at the friends and said, because of your faith, because of their faith, you are forgiven. In our circle, we need those who have faith. Most important part. In our circle, we need those who have faith. This guy, he's, I don't know the full context, but I just imagine him crying out for help, broken inside. And these guys come along, the, the circle that he had, imagine it was probably a pretty good relationship. They say, hey, I don't know if I can help, but I believe that there's someone that can. So they pick him up, and they did all they can to get him there, pointing him to Christ, carrying him to Christ. Church, I hope you see how beautiful a circle of believers truly are. Simple message. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Who do you got in your corner pointing you to Christ? How intentional are you at pointing others to Christ? Getting in a circle. Cora and I are engaged and getting married this summer. And when I proposed to her, uh, did it on like top of a mountain. And before we even got down to the bottom, we were just talking. We were so excited. We were like, so who, who's going to stand up there with us? You know, we were already like, bam, 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 trying to plan the whole wedding on one day, which is impossible. But we were so excited. We're like, who's going to stand it? You know, we, have, we, have, we both have siblings. We both have friends from home. But when we talked, we're like, 
there's something so beautiful about having the same exact friend group stand next to us. And we're thinking about what it means for them to stand next to us on that day, accountability. The same friend group, four girls on her side, four guys on my side. Like a group chat. We have like a group chat that we could just go to, knowing in the future that we can go to the same circle when we need help to pull us back up. And how cool is that? People of authenticity, accountability, people that see our potential, most importantly, people of faith. So I want to invite the band back up as we close. Church, simple. Check your circle. I have a feeling that there's people today who are feeling a little empty inside. People that are hurting. And this, this year hasn't helped the circumstances. Loneliness, just kind of a snowball getting bigger and bigger. And no matter what you do, you sit at home and the, the thoughts just attack. You can't seem to get out of this funk. And then I, I have a heart for the people who have intentionally gotten away from others. They've isolated themselves in this season because of a specific person. In their, in their mind, why would I give others a chance when it's someone that hurt me in the first place? I'm sorry. It, it does hurt. Life hurts. Life is messy. But I want to challenge you this morning. Maybe this word was for right now. Maybe this word is for another time. Maybe you can come back to this message, the, your notes, this passage. Maybe you just need to hear these words that you're not alone. You're hearing this message today if you're watching this message a year from now or online a week later, you're here for a reason. Welcome home. Circles are so beautiful. When you're down, we'll pick you back up. When you can't walk, we'll carry you to Christ together. You're down right now, but I'll be down in the future. And then you'll pick me back up. And that's what's so beautiful about how this works. So I want to challenge you today. And these are some like mind-blowing challenges. Okay, ready? Number one, get in a group. Whoa. It's that simple. Get in a group. You may be thinking, ah, Zoom, a group again. Can't stand Zoom. I'm going to wait till things are normal. At what cost? What cost are you going to go alone 
Second thing I want to challenge you with, if you're in a group, consider joining a team. We have teams of volunteers that come every Sunday throughout the week. They serve, and yes, I'd be lying to you if I say we didn't need you. Volunteers run this place. Make, make it work. But I was thinking about it, and I'm like, some of my biggest relationships came from a team. Because how beautiful it is to serve God on mission, but also just kind of have a family given to you. People that you can do the Lord's mission together. We have a lot of teams. So if you want to join a, a group or a team, you don't know where to get started, you can email info at tapestryonline.org or you can come see us afterwards after the service. Now here's a bonus challenge, ready? If you've done both of those, a group and a team, this is for the future. So you may need to like, put this in your notes to think about because now is not really the best time with our circumstances of social distancing. But, you know, at church, we often, you know, we set these small groups up these spiritual groups for uh, to, to grow in the word together. Remember, I challenged you that the definition of small groups is really just doing life together for the purpose of God's mission. So maybe, yeah, we, we have small groups twice a year, but what if you thought about starting a circle? Maybe doing a game night when things are a little back to normal. You can actually do games over Zoom now. Look it up. It's pretty cool. But doing a game night, doing meal prep once a week, you can hold me to this. I'm going to teach, I'm going to teach a church how to do disc golf when things are back to normal. I can teach you how to sling a disc. See, at the end of the day, it really is not about the the specific people in your group. It's about who those specific people are pointing you to. So I just want to pray for us today. Pray over this word. Lord, uh, (laughs) thank you for your kingdom, for the body. Thank you for this word today, Lord. You've given us each uniqueness. We're all unique, created by you. You know, every single one of our hairs, our testimonies are different, but yet, Lord, it's so beautiful. It's one body that works together, that comes together. And Lord, you created us not to do life alone. Life is better together. And so I pray this morning that for the people that walked in, for the people that are listening, that feel alone, who have been hurt, through your word, the sense of comfort, the sense of peace, the sense of belonging overwhelms them this morning. And going forward, What are you asking them to not hold on to any longer? 
What are you saying? Cast upon me. Cast upon your brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, we love you so much. And it's so assuring knowing that just like that miracle in Mark 2, you're continuing to amaze us with miracles today. So whatever it is that is looming over us, Lord, we just know you're the God who is sovereign. You're the God who is omniscient. You're the God who is holy. Find comfort in you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.